It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Podcast. As always, Tyler Hunt here covering everything Wisconsin athletics. On today's show, of course, I have to go through and recap the ugly game from this past weekend. Uh, Wisconsin, an overtime loss to Michigan State. Plenty of things stood out. Not a lot of positives in that contest. Once again, the kind of back and forth era of Wisconsin football right now. One game up, one game down. Continuing to follow suit with that latest contest. We'll talk about everything from that. Takeaways from another unfortunate loss for the Badgers. Before that, though, we've got some transfers to talk about. I believe last week we talked about the Deacon Hill transfer, but three other players have hit the portal for Wisconsin. Two of them rather notable players from the, these highly ranked recruiting classes. The first one being five-star offensive lineman Logan Brown announced that he was entering the transfer portal. A little bit of drama surrounding that. It does sound like he was actually dismissed from the team at Wisconsin due to an internal incident. I don't have the sources to say exactly what happened, but from some credible people that I've heard from, did say there was a slight scuffle at practice, got a little heated, got out of hand, and eventually led to a dismissal. Again, I don't know that 100% concrete, but that does sound like the rumblings of what did happen there. So he announced shortly after his dismissal, likely, that he was going to be entering the transfer portal. Jim Leonard kind of came about and clarified that it was not, in fact, him just entering on his own accord that he was dismissed from the team due to that said incident. So certainly a disappointing loss for Wisconsin. You look at Logan Brown, look at Wisconsin all-time recruiting rankings. Logan Brown's the third highest player that Wisconsin has ever landed in terms of you know stars and recruiting rankings. Now, part of, you could look back at that and say, you know, Logan Brown at the time coming out of high school was a five-star player. Has he played as a five-star as you expect a five-star to play? No. Um, if you re-ranked him, is he likely a five-star? No. But still a significant player leaving the leaving and possibly a guy that could develop. Now, I know he's battled injuries and kind of has not necessarily been the same player since that injury, but certainly a significant loss for Wisconsin and a guy that you don't want to see enter the portal. But if there are internal incidents and Jim Leonard feels like that's not something that can happen and he has to dismiss him from the team, Logan Brown you know, has to go play elsewhere and likely will go back somewhere else. Kid from Michigan, maybe he lands um, you know, closer to home in that one. But a, a, a tough situation, I, I think, depending on, again, we don't know the severity of the incident, but if Jim Leonard is going to be the head coach, he has to make these type of decisions, and you have to kind of trust him to make that decision, which ultimately you know, he felt a dismissal was necessary. So certainly a interesting kind of situation for Wisconsin, but I, I give Jim Leonard credit. Not a lot of coaches, if the across the country would would dismiss a player that you're supposed to have the talent of Logan Brown. Jim Leonard felt it was necessary and, and did what he felt was right. And I think that's 
in your second week as a head coach, that's a tough decision that he has to make. And it seems like he handled that and, and handled, I think, it correctly um, in, in the way that he went about it in terms of saying, hey, this wasn't just you know, free choice. This was a dismissal. It's very different. And you certainly don't want other recruits to see, you know, top caliber, cal- cal- caliber talent leaving on their own accord. So that was an important distinction I think Jim Leonard had to make. And I know there are people saying, well, he's throwing you know, players under the bus. I don't think that's necessarily the case. I think it was more so a situation of Leonard, you know, making sure that it was understood in the media, in the recruiting world, that, hey, this player was not just leaving on his own, that there was an incident that ultimately led to a dismissal. He, he did, quote, say it wasn't, quote, his choice to leave the program. Another departure that was his choice was wide receiver Marcus Allen, four-star player um, out of the state of Ohio, another highly rated recruit in that uh, couple classes ago, the highest rating recruit class that Wisconsin ever put together. This one, along with Logan Brown, I, I think the Logan Brown one is a, certainly a tough blow for Wisconsin, but you also have a lot of talent in that room that looked like it was close to surpassing him in the likes of, you know, you, you had Trey Wedig, you've got Nolan Rucci coming around, Malman seems like he had beat him out if he was healthy. You've got Jack Nelson at the other tackle spot. So he was looking like a player that was trending down towards the third, fourth tackle on the roster. And so it, it's certainly a tough blow, but you have talent there to management. The, the Marcus Allen departure is one that's a little bit harder to have to take um, when you look at this one. Uh, a former four-star player, a guy that was on the two deep for Wisconsin throughout most of the season, probably didn't get the opportunities in the passing game that he quite wanted yet, but a guy was with, that was athletic, had talent. It's, it's a tough blow in terms of the talent that you're losing here. Now, he was a player that you look at the Wisconsin depth chart, Chimray DK is certainly your, your top wideout. Skylar Bell is emerging into... You know, one of your top wideouts, one of your top two, Keontes Lewis was your, you know, your three. Marcus Allen was kind of your fourth wide receiver um, on a lot of the depth charts. Now there were other guys kind of getting worked in there, but he was a guy that was playing snaps and just maybe not getting the targets and and spots that he wanted. So that one is going to be a tough blow for Wisconsin in terms of the loss because I think there was still potential there. I think there were still opportunities that you you saw on tape. The athleticism that he had, the speed that he has, there were some some issues with drops. I know there, there's been some balls that Graham Mertz did throw to him that hit his hands that you can say, hey, that wasn't that wasn't a, a poorly thrown ball. That was something that you got to haul in a catch. But three years of eligibility for Marcus Allen left, so that's a, a tough one to see go in terms of the program. But you talk, you think about it. You know, you, you brought in Keontes Lewis, who was who was emerged as a wide receiver. He came in with three years of eligibility there. So you'd love to have both, but. In this world of college football with this portal now currently open for Wisconsin, there's going to be some guys that are looking in the mirror and saying, hey, this is my opportunity to go make a new start, find a new home. And if Marcus Allen felt that was best for him to do, you can't fault him at all for doing that. That's that's the way college football kind of is right now. So wish him the best of luck, but certainly a tough blow for the Badgers in that wide receiver room. And also in the wide receiver room, the other transfer uh, that just came across the wavelength um, this Monday morning was the Stefan Bracey. Um, a guy that this one really, in terms of a brutal blow, not all that tough for Wisconsin to handle. I mean, you look at the wide receiver room, fairly healthy, not a lot of injuries. Younger guys kind of surpassed Stephen, Stephon Bracey. I mean, he was part of the 2019 class here, now into 2022. Haven't seen a lot from him, especially in the wideout room. It seemed like he had a niche role kind of in special teams. You think back to last year in that Nebraska game. Um, with that big kick return that kind of changed the game for Wisconsin. But aside from that, 
that's kind of been the only big highlight of his career. And you're talking about younger players like Vinny Anthony, you know, Skylar Bell, way up there in terms of the depth chart. So guys were starting to surpass him that were much younger, which is likely a scenario that, hey, if this transfer portal's open, I'm getting surpassed by younger guys. It makes sense to to hop in the portal and find a new home. You know, Bracey was a guy that wasn't hugely recruited out of high school, kind of one of those that you look at and say, Wisconsin maybe offered a scholarship, took a flyer on something they thought maybe there was some potential there. You know, a lot of Mac schools were involved in his recruitment. Wisconsin really the only big school. They took a swing at it. Didn't seem like it quite worked. So he's, you know, another guy from the Michigan area. Certainly could see him landing back at, you know, the the Mac level, maybe a, a FCS school um, closer to home for him. So two, tw- two wide receiver room departures in 24 hours. Marcus Allen, obviously a, a much tougher one for Wisconsin to have to swallow. But Stephon Bracey, in terms of depth and numbers, still somebody there. But again, the younger guys, like like the Vinnie Anthony's of the world, seem to be coming around um, and, and taking that spot away. And when, you, when you've you got Bracey, who's not really playing in special teams, like I said, which is kind of his role, it makes sense that they you know that he decided to move on there. But overall, four players for Wisconsin hitting the portal over the last week, likely not the last four. There likely will be more, as I said, the transfer portal for 30 days opens when a coach is fired mid-season. So it's why you're seeing guys. Now, a three and four record certainly does not help that, but that's why you're seeing guys take to the portal. And it's likely not going to be the last at this point in time. There's going to be guys that are sticking with the program, sticking with Wisconsin. That's where they want to be. But there's other guys that have said, you know, if there's not playing time there or if the coaching situation has obviously changed, there's instability. It's not something you're used to at Wisconsin. You're going to see guys departing for other homes. So this really... It, it's tough. It's not something you're used to seeing at Wisconsin, all these departures, but it's something that's going to happen and it's going to continue to happen in college football. And you're likely going to see some more departures that we'll, of course, cover on the podcast as you move forward. All right. Adding insult to injury. The batters, unfortunately, on Saturday laid a bit of an egg uh, once again against Michigan State uh, coming into the game. A lot of momentum for the Badgers coming off that Northwestern victory. The offense looked good. The defense looked good. But I think most of us out there that have watched Wisconsin all season wanted to see if they could put it together for two weeks. You talk about this entire season, it's been up, you know, destroying a team in Illinois State, losing to Washington State. Destroying New Mexico State, losing to Ohio State. Destroying Northwestern, laying an egg. You know, you're losing to Illinois as well. Destroying Northwestern, now kind of laying an egg against Michigan State. So it's it's something that you want to be confident about Wisconsin after that Northwestern game, but you were kind of waiting to see if they could do it two weeks in a row. And, and they couldn't. I mean, you look at this game, you know, on all sides of the ball, the offense is, is where we can start because I think that was the most glaring thing. In that Northwestern game, the most dynamic, you saw some good plays in the passing game. You saw the run game kind of figure things out. So you thought coming into this one, especially in the passing game, you know, you look at Northwestern, or excuse me, Michigan State, team that came in really struggling against the pass, 122nd in the nation in terms of pass defense. They were banged up in Wisconsin when you see, to me, it just didn't really make sense the way the offense was kind of going about things. You know, you look at it, hey, this team is struggling against the against the pass. So let's run it every every down and, and not have any sort of dynamics in the offense. Certainly you have to get your best player at the ball in Braylon Allen. That's clear that this team is the, the, the far and away the best players. Braylon Allen, you have to find ways to get him the football. But at that same time, Braylon Allen cannot do it all himself. And when you see a defense that struggles against the pass, 
it just made me scratch my head to say, man, we are just sticking to the run and, and not really trying anything in in the passing game. You know, it, it was it was you know, the basic throws. It was the you know third down, like we have to throw it type of situations, which is not something that you saw from Wisconsin the week before. It's the inconsistencies in the play calling, the inconsistency in the execution that really make this whole offense somewhat confusing because you felt like, okay, you know, Wisconsin made a change and now Bobby Ingram's going to open this offense up and they did that in, in one week against Northwestern. And then the following week, it was a completely different game. But you can't blame that on Paul Chris. You can't say, well, Paul Chris is gone. We're going to make changes. No, now it makes you, you kind of look back to those early games of the season and say, maybe it wasn't Paul Chris in the, with the offensive issues. I don't think Paul Chris was was calling plays early in the season. Like I said, I never saw him with a play sheet. So I do think it was Bobby. It's been Bobby Ingram's season offense all season long. And some weeks you're seeing dynamic additions against Northwestern, and then the following week you're seeing absolutely nothing of the case uh, against Michigan State. So it's really a head-scratcher in, in that conversation. I think the other big thing that you saw from this game is the defense. In terms of consistent errors of this team, with the defense, it's been in the secondary. Um, there's been a lot of times, we talked about this game coming into it, in the preview last week, Jaden Reed was going to be the guy that Wisconsin had to keep an eye on in terms of a matchup. They did not really do a great job in, in that segment of the game. Ricardo Holman was, was on Reed a good amount throughout that game. I think a lot of people would say, you know, what did you think of that performance? And, and, and Jaden Reed was, was burning it from time to time. There was times where he made plays, but a lot of the times it felt like, you know, Jaden Reed was kind of doing whatever he wanted. And of course, in the final play of the game, that was Jaden Reed going up and making a play against a cornerback that they'd kind of been picking on throughout the course of the game. So the secondary is one area of the defense that has to be better and has to improve and Wisconsin's had some injuries there, but a lot of these, you know, you brought in the transfers to take on a lot of those roles. They haven't necessarily panned out the way you want to with some of those injuries. Ricardo Holman, you know, being in there more, he's, I think, had a pretty good season. But if, if you're matching him up against a true number one, you know, top receiver in the Big Ten, you saw the flaws in his game a little bit at times. Now, Jaden Reed, you have to give kudos to Reed and, and Peyton Thorne. Those guys have had a connection. Again, we talked about it in the last episode. They've been playing together since high school. So it's clearly had a connection, and that started to reemerge. But Wisconsin needs to be better in that secondary in terms of the way they play the game. Now, they, they, it's kind of been a tough time for them. There was a lot, I think, silly penalties thrown on this secondary. It's something, I don't know if it's technique that Wisconsin teaching or just the way the game is being called differently, but it does seem like Wisconsin in the secondary is getting a lot of flags thrown on them compared to other schools and other teams. Wisconsin likes to play physical. They want their corners to be up on the line playing physical, but it seems like Wisconsin is getting hit with a lot of those consistent penalties in the secondary while maybe other schools aren't. So that's certainly the negative area of this defense right now is, is what's going on in that area in the secondary. Specifically, Wisconsin was okay against the, against the run. There were a couple plays that got loose, but it was mostly pass plays that, that really did them in in this contest. It wasn't all Wisconsin secondary. I, I do think you have to look at it and say, you know, Jaden Reed does deserve some credit. Peyton Thorne deserves some credit in that situation where they made some plays, but Wisconsin secondary certainly needs to be better in that realm and, and can improve 
tenfold over the course of this rest of the course season. Now, Jaden Reed's probably the best wide receiver you're going to see throughout the rest of the season. But if you want to win games consistently, you have to be able to be good against the run and the pass. And Wisconsin's just not good enough against the pass defense right now. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Now, to kind of revisit the offense a little bit here, the other main takeaway from this game was, of course, the offensive takeaways that Wisconsin provided to Michigan State. Now, I know you can look at you know the offensive conversation that we just had in terms of opening up the playbook and stuff. You know, Graham Mertz had a bad interception, and then from there, it seemed like Wisconsin was just gun-shy to throw the football, which is, I think, a mistake. I think you have to allow players to play through some of those mistakes, play through some of those miscues. Now, Graham Mertz has had a very long leash at Wisconsin in terms of those turnovers. But you saw, I I think you've seen over the course of the season, for better or for worse, Wisconsin still has to find some sort of passing game established, and they can't just go away from that when the going gets tough or or, a guy like Mertz makes a mistake. Yes, he's he's made mistakes. Yes, he's had bad throws. The interception in that first quarter for Michigan State was not a good throw by Graham Mertz, but it's a continual issue that Wisconsin, when they do make those mistakes, does seem to kind of shy away from it, which is, I don't think, something you can do. Mistakes are going to happen in college football. You can't just shy away from one phase of the offense. Now, the other big turnover was, of course, Braylon Allen. That was a a tough, tough fumble at the worst possible time for Wisconsin. Now, it's it's hard to to look at Braylon Allen in in, in that situation and try and and put too much blame on him. It, It happens, and he's a guy that likely will beat himself up over that turnover, but Wisconsin isn't in that game without Braylon Allen. Again, it's just those mistakes that are costly, and the overtime fumble really kind of did the Badgers in there. I mean, but they had plenty of time and and opportunities to not even be in that point, and they wouldn't likely be to that overtime point without Braylon Allen. So it's it's a sucky situation. It's tough for him. You know, you had Braylon Allen, had some fumbles issues, issues last year, have not bit him up just yet, and it came at possibly the worst time in the season for Wisconsin. You know, you look at, you, you got to the overtime, you, you come down, you score, you get the ball back, and, and now you've got your chance to go first on offense, and, and bang, it's it's gone from you just like that. And that's a tough pill to swallow. It's a tough situation for Braylon Allen. As I said, he's likely going to be you know, beating himself up for it, but again, Wisconsin isn't in that game without the efforts of Braylon Allen throughout the first four quarters. So it's just a whole consistent mess for the Badgers over these first you know, seven weeks where not every area is playing well. And if that's going to be the case, you have to have enough areas to play well enough to allow you to win. And Wisconsin's just having too many areas both on both sides of the ball, whether it be the offense. You know, one week it's the offensive line you know, not working. 
One week the passing offense isn't working. One week the running game is getting stuffed for two yards. On defense, you know, one week the defensive line is getting gashed by Illinois, and one week the secondary. It's just too many inconsistencies at all levels of the field on both sides of the ball, which is not something you're used to seeing for Wisconsin. You're used to seeing, you know, an offense that maybe struggles a little bit, but a defense that is incredibly solid and, and keeps you in a game. Some weeks you're you're used to seeing an offense running game is clicking, but the passing game isn't there. But Wisconsin finds a way to win on the ground. Right now, it's just they do not have all phases working, and they don't have enough phases working to win them games consistently. It's why you're seeing those high highs and those low lows. Now, there's there's situations you can point to, and, and there's you know defensively you're younger. You're thinner at spots. Offensively, you've you've had some offensive line shuffling. There's all sorts of excuses you, you can make. But at the end of the day, you have to execute better than what Wisconsin has. And, and so far, they just have not done that really enough on either side of the football. And it's, it's cost them mistakes and it's cost them games. You know, there's there's games, these four losses, they've a couple of them have not been winnable. A couple of them have been winnable. The season looks a lot different if you find a way to beat Washington State, if you find a way to win that Michigan State game. You know, Illinois and Ohio State are looking like two of the best teams in the conference. If you lose those two you'll, and, and the other two, you, you find a way to win, the season looks a lot different. But that's the nature of football right now, and, and that's the nature of Wisconsin football. Not playing enough consistent play to win those games changes the dynamic of their season. So to wrap things up here, I know it's probably a shorter episode than most of our recap episodes are, but I, I don't really know if there's a lot more you can say about this contest in terms of the way Wisconsin played. It was poor from a lot of different areas, and... That's just the way the season has kind of gone for the Badgers. And again, it's been that up and down kind of season, you know, through the first seven weeks where there's high highs and low lows. Now the portion I'm interested to see is now that this team under Jim Leonard has faced some additional adversity where they respond because things don't necessarily get easier for the Badgers as they work into this upcoming week. They've got Purdue who comes in as a team that could very well pretend title. They've got everything in front of them in terms of a win-loss record and in terms of the schedule. I mean, you've got Purdue now who comes in 5-2, and two and, and Illinois looks like they're leading the Big Ten West right now and look like the favorite, but Purdue still has them on their schedule, and both teams have one conference loss. So Purdue has all the opportunities in front of them. Wisconsin kind of lost their opportunity, I think, in, in that Michigan State contest to ever get to the Big Ten title game. I don't think they're a good enough team to get there, but... Now, how do they respond from there? Because we've already seen, unfortunately, there's been some transfers, as we talked about at the top of the show. That's part of a losing season and not things not going the way players want and a coach gets fired. You've seen departures. Now, Wisconsin, you know, they had that big momentum win against Northwestern, but where do they go from here after a, a deflating loss on the road against Michigan State? Because you've got a Purdue team that is now going to be coming to Camp Randall incredibly hungry, not only because they have the Big Ten opportunity in front of them they've got a chance to get to the big 10 title game they've got they control their own destiny in terms of away from purdue but purdue's also a team that hasn't beat wisconsin in in 15 years and and there's no doubt that jeff brom and this coaching staff for purdue is telling their guys that i I saw purdue player tweet that they've had this one circled on the schedule for quite a long time that it, it doesn't matter that these guys weren't part of those 15 years of losses Purdue is going to be coming out very hungry to beat Wisconsin and, and kind of kick them while they're down, you know, in a way. So how does Wisconsin respond to that is going to be the fascinating thing to watch because this Purdue team is going to come out with not only motivation for the Big Ten West, 
a motivation to end that losing streak because Purdue's got Iowa the following week and then at Illinois, they've got all the opportunity in front of them to to make that Big Ten title game and to kick Wisconsin while they're down on the way to that and snap that streak is going to be one that's fascinating. Now, if you're Jim Leonard, how do you respond as well in terms of taking that negative energy that you've got from this Michigan State contest, one that just a brutal loss for the Badgers, losing in overtime, a game that probably should have won. You know, you look at at least been competitive. They gave it away in terms of the fumble in overtime. You don't know if Wisconsin was going to go down and score, but I think Wisconsin, had, I won't say should have won, but had plenty of opportunities to win. How do you take that negative momentum and then flip it into, again, trying to get back to that high, high of the season? Because you've got this game and then you've got a bye week. This it gives you a chance to reset where if you can get a, a victory against Purdue and then you know, go into the bye week and get some things cleaned up and then try and finish the season out strong, that's that's something you build on for next year. At this point, you're sitting at three and four. You're trying to get to a, a bowl game, which... To be honest, right now feels like a maybe 50-50 shot, <laughs> and maybe that's a little generous for Wisconsin. But you look at the rest of the schedule. You've got the Purdue game. If you could win that, you get to four and four. Then you've still got Maryland. You've still got Iowa, Nebraska, and Minnesota. After that, that's a tough four-game slate that you've got to win. You know, now you're looking at it. You've got to win. You know, of these five games, you've got to win at least three of them. I don't know that I see that for Wisconsin, but the way Iowa's playing the way Minnesota can be up and down and the way Nebraska is, it's possible. But you're looking at a, a very possible not making a bowl. And and I think it's maybe a 50, 50 shot with the way this team plays so consistently. Maybe it should be even a, a little bit less than that. But that's got to be the messaging for Wisconsin and, and Jim Leonard is, hey, we, we have not had the season we wanted. But in terms of building for next year, if we can get those extra practices, if we can get to a bowl, that's huge for the momentum for this team as you try and turn the page on that program. So it's going to be tough, but it'll be interesting to see the type of energy that Wisconsin comes out with because they came out with great energy in Northwestern game. They came out with lacks of energy throughout the the course of the season against Ohio State and Illinois. So how do they manage that without the added emotion of a coach's firing? Now you face adversity in this new era of Wisconsin football. How does it go for Wisconsin moving forward? It's going to be fascinating to see against the team. Like I said, we've already talked about it. A ton of added emotion emotion for Purdue as they move into this game. So that's what I'll be looking forward to in this contest. How Wisconsin responds. What can they build on in, in these last five weeks remains to be seen. And I think that will be the storyline over the course of the rest of this season. All right, guys, I realize this episode's a little shorter. But again, this Michigan State game... It's it's harder to talk about these losses when it's there's not one pinpointed thing. Um, it's not one single issue that Wisconsin is being plagued by. It's all sorts of issues at every level of the ball. And trying to you know say this is the problem, this is the solution, is a little bit harder right now with this team and the way they're playing. So there's a lot of problems and there's likely solutions, but the solutions have to be executed. And so far, it does not seem like they have been. So. A little bit shorter. Um, I do apologize, but it's just something. It's it's harder to talk about these losses um, than it is certainly about wins. But we'll be back with another episode later in this week, pre- previewing that Purdue game with our SB Nation sister site, Hammer and Rails, as we do every week. As always, thank you guys for listening on Wisconsin.